This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Gretch, I know from my own experience that baby making is not always simple. There is a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant. And when you want to conceive, there can be a lack of understanding and resources. Frida Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from reproductive health to uh, ovulation tracking to conception aid. Frida is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. Frida products are innovative, easy to use, and accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. This is baby making simplified. Find Frida Fertility on Amazon, at Target, and select CVS stores near you. That's Frida Fertility, F-R-I-D-A, Frida Fertility. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science, the wisdom of the ages, lessons from pop culture, and our own experiences about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about the 2.0 version of our Try This at Home of planning a virtual move and why having a solution to even a very small problem can give you a real happiness boost. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, human nature, and the four tendencies. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. I recently got to see the renovation of her house, which we have discussed so often. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretch, it was great to have you in L.A. Um, And um, you got to see our hot tub, uh, but you also saw, of course, the mess that we still have going on in the house. So it's a work in progress. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, in episode 132, we talked about how if you are feeling overwhelmed by the news or overwhelmed by events in your own life, one thing that you could do is to turn to children's literature, because this is a way that you can read towering masterpieces of world literature, but maybe in a way that feels more accessible to you at a time when you're feeling overwhelmed. Yes. And Gretchen, we got an email from someone who specifically mentioned an author who we both know and love, Anne Brashears. Yay. Uh, You know, I've known Anne since like 1993 (laughs) um, when I had my first job out of college at a, a place that published young adult books. And Anne was my boss and my mentor for years. um, And I absolutely adore her. And she's the person who really um, helped me get into writing. And I know, Anne, because you introduced us because when my daughter Eliza was going to go to the school where her kids went. So I met her because like, oh, we both have kids going to the same school. But I instantly like loved her. She's in my adult book group and one of my children's literature reading groups. And she lives not far from us. So it's really exciting for us to get this email from our listener, Linda. And we wanted to have Anne come onto the show so that we could read her this email so that she could hear what somebody had to say about the influence of her work. Hi, Anne. Hey, Anne. Hey, how are you? Oh, it's so great to talk to you. 
<laughs> do you do both, both sisters? Amazing. I know, you know us both. I know, separately and together, which is amazing. It is. So, Anne, we were really excited because we had talked in an episode about the joy of reading children's literature um, at a time when you're feeling overwhelmed. And we got this lovely email from Linda, and we wanted to read it to you. Great. Linda writes, I truly enjoyed your discussion in episode 131 of reading and rereading children's and young adult books when one is stressed or having a difficult time. It made me remember the time almost eight years ago now when my mother was undergoing chemotherapy for ovarian cancer. I drove the two hours from my home in the San Francisco Bay Area to her home in Carmel for every treatment to be with her and my father for several days. Obviously, it was a stressful time for all. Whenever I did the drive, I listened to an audiobook from the young adult series, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Eventually, I got through the whole series. These were the perfect listening for that moment in my life, and I have always been very grateful to the author, Anne Brashares, for helping entertain me in such dark times. By the way, my mom is alive and well and celebrated her 82nd birthday last spring. So there you go. Wow, that's so nice. Oh, I'm grateful to Linda for sharing that. That's that's really nice. Isn't that nice? I mean, when you wrote when you were writing the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, could you ever have? I mean, like you don't think of it going out into the world and having its own life like that, right? You know, it's hard to think of it like that. You know, when I'm writing a book, I'm so focused on on the characters and the story that I don't kind of look beyond them. But uh-huh. but once a book is out in the world, I do feel like it's something that I'm I'm sharing that we're sharing. Anyone who reads it. And that's been an incredible experience. I mean, I've taken so much solace from books in my life that it feels like some great literary emotional karma that I can help provide that for other people. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say, and you know, Anne, when you when I first read Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, it really inspired me to get to write myself. I mean, even though I'd already written, it was like a whole new level of, oh, my God, I want to do what she did because I love those books so much. Oh, well, you know, I am an admirer of yours for a long time, and um, I think you're just incredibly talented. So thank you. That means a lot coming from you. Well, thanks for calling in, Anne. It was so fun to hear your voice. Oh, so nice to talk to you. And I, I, I love the podcast. I'm a fan. Thanks, Anne. Excellent. Thanks for calling in. All right. Thanks. Bye. So in the show notes for today's episode, I'll put links to Anne's website and where you can see all her books listed. They're great. Um, she has a new book that came out recently called The Whole Thing Altogether, which I love. Me too. In addition to the series, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, which we talked about, which is a four-book series. She also has a book, The Last Summer of You and Me, My Name is Memory, tons of great books. So if you haven't discovered Anne Brashares, you are in for a treat. So listen, this week our Try This at Home tip is plan a virtual move 2.0, because we talked about this idea in a different version on an earlier episode. Yes. And this idea came from Ashley. She wrote, when I saw the title of episode 125, I thought to try this at home would be entirely different from what you suggested. Rather than use a virtual move as a means to declutter, I had something else in mind. Actually plan a virtual move. Where would you move to? Would you choose somewhere with ever nice weather or seasons? Would you switch jobs? What activities or hobbies might you like to pick up in your new home? Would you want an apartment or a house? Would you get a new pet? 
Which friends would you want to stay in contact with and which ones would you be glad for the excuse to leave? In asking all these questions, you might find some things you'd like to change about your current life. And if that's the case, why not do it right now in your current life? What's stopping you from finding a career better suited for you, getting a dog or cutting off relationships that drain you? We often wait for big catalysts to make life changes, but instead we should recognize that we are in charge of our own lives and happiness, so we have the power to make any changes we want to in our lives. Well, I mean, well said. I mean, absolutely. I think this is a great point. It's a great different take on the idea of a virtual move, and it draws on this idea of by creating this imaginary future, it can shed a spotlight on what you wish would be different in your life right now. It's kind of a, a less alarming or kind of a less threatening way of imagining what might make your life better. What w- If you were going to imagine a better life, what shape would that take? This is a great imaginative exercise to think through that future. Yeah. And I like, it's like the idea of, I talk about my fantasy self. It's like a way to go, okay, well, where would my fantasy, where would my fantasy self move? And you know, what would my fantasy self, like who would they be hanging out with and all these questions. And you can actually put your fantasy life into action now. Right. And that's her point is that by thinking about what you would do, it tells you things that you could do right now. And I think it's, it really does help you acknowledge uncomfortable truths because it's all in this dream mm. future. So you can allow yourself to admit things that maybe you feel reluctant to admit if you're thinking about the present. It kind of reminds me, you know, in episode 131, we, we talked about this idea of doing the pre-mortem, which is when you imagine that something bad has happened and then try to think like, well, why did that bad thing happen as a way to figure out what to do now to try to avoid that negative outcome, um, which is called, I love this phrase, prospective hindsight. So side note, mm-hmm. is that an oxymoron? Is prospective uh, hindsight like a true oxymoron? I kind of thought about that one for a while. Anyway. Seems seems so. Seems close to an oxymoron. Um, but so a virtual move is planning for a future that isn't really happening it, or, or it's, it's not necessarily happening. But by imagining everything that it would go into it, it allows you to think about what you could do right now. So it's, it's like a premortem in that way. And, you know, the, to me, the most interesting question she posed was, um, what friends would you keep in touch with? Mm. You know, what people would you want, you know, would you sort of shed from your life if you were moving across the country? Um, and, you know, be glad to sort of say goodbye to. And I mean, that is when you say talk about facing uncomfortable truths, that's a very uncomfortable truth. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's very reassuring to me is I realize I don't really have anybody in my life that I would be glad to have an excuse to ditch. Yes. I, I, I was thinking about everybody. I'm like, I'd want to hang on to all these people. It's actually stressful for me to think about maintaining all these relationships from afar because it's hard enough to maintain the relationships when we're actually living in the same city. There's nobody that I, I wish I could get I could sort of just move away from. And that, that's a really nice thing to realize. Yeah. I mean, for me, if anything, I wish there's people I could move to me. You know, I'm still <laughs> suffering from having moved away from my friends on the East Coast yeah. who I miss. Um, I wish I could l- virtually move them to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. But I do know I remember I've quit a few jobs where I was like, you know what? I'm never going to see you again. And that is OK. Yes. Without me doing anything overt. It's just going to pass into another phase and I'm not going to have to deal with you again. So I know that feeling. Yes. 
Um, you know, one interesting area this came up in, Gretch, is years ago, Sarah toyed with the idea of moving to Asheville. Mm. And she had this vision that she would move to Asheville and that she would have a child when, when she moved to Asheville. And, you know, over time, we sort of realized, well, why do you have to move to Asheville to have a child? You know, you could just have a child in Los Angeles. I think it seemed overwhelming yes. to her because, you know, Los Angeles is such a big city and, you know, just for many reasons. And then once she realized, like Ashley was saying, you can do this now, she put her plans, sort of all of her Asheville plans, like getting a, a house with a yard, having a baby, all these things she just put into effect in Los Angeles. <laughs> and now she really has the life she wants. But that's a good example how, how thinking about it in that fantasy makes you realize like, okay, it's sort of like the question again of like, whom do you envy? Mm. Because like, oh, if, so, if, if you envy somebody, they have something that you want. Well, can you bring that into your life? And it's like, well, if your future fantasy self who did this virtual move to Asheville had this in their life, why can't your current self have that where you live right now? So it really is a very helpful exercise. I think like so many things, it really helps you maybe face up to those uncomfortable truths or to acknowledge to yourself things that you would really want and to think about, well, how can I have it right now? Yeah. Yeah, Gretchen, I will say for me, this exercise really helped me feel gratitude about the life I have because I realized there is no place I'd rather move to. There is no job I'd rather have. I really am, I feel where I should be. And it's nice to remember that when I feel overwhelmed or I feel like, oh, sometimes I'm not getting anywhere. Or I can't get a show on the air. It's like, no, I am doing <laughs> what I want to be doing. There's nothing I'd rather be doing or any place I'd rather be. I will say when I do my mental virtual move, I am eating better and I'm not snacking at night uh -huh. in my new life. So that's what I could implement now. So this another good thing about this exercise. On the one hand, it can help you figure out how to bring about positive change. And on the other hand, it's a it's a gratitude booster because you can think about all the things that you wouldn't want to change or that you would be sorry if you had to let go of. And so you either see how you could make things better or you see how happy you are for the way things already are. So I think this is a terrific idea. So thanks, Ashley, for giving us that 2.0 version, that new take on the idea of doing a virtual move. Uh, let us know if you try it, if planning a virtual move 2.0 version works for you. You can let us know on Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com, or as always, go to happiercast.com slash 135, this is episode 135, for everything related to this episode. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack. And um, this is a very small but profound thing in your life. Well, I don't know that I can claim that it's profound. It is small, but it made me get, gave me a real happiness boost. And like you said, it was related to identifying the problem because what I realized is for the last few years, several years, I've had this small nagging problem, which is that I have headphones stuck into my, you know, my regular desktop computer and the cord falls onto the floor and then I roll over it with my office chair and I'm like, eventually I'm going to wear through the cord and then I'm going to have to buy a new set of headphones and I'm going to have to like connect it to my computer and it's going to be this whole big hassle. But I was trying all these ways to keep my headphones and it just never solved the problem. But this barely rose to the level of consciousness in my mind. It was one of these small annoyances that would annoy me every single day, but at a very low level. I never thought about the fact that anybody else might have been experiencing this. I'm really quite shocked that this is a thing that other people experience. But when I went to the container store with Eliza to do her pre-college shopping, Mm. I happened to notice a product exactly designed for me. Oh, my. I know. At the container store, it's a Yamazaki Buttes desk headphone hanger. And what it is is this kind of hook that you can adjust to the width of your desk and you just put this hook on your desk and then it's a hook that you can put your headphones on. I think that something very similar exists for this for purses. Like if you want to put a hook on a table so that you can not have your purse on the ground. So this is something that is specifically designed to use for a desk. And I was like, oh, am I going to have to assemble something? I'm going to buy this thing thinking it's amazing, but then it's really going to be a pain. But it wasn't. I got it home, I attached it, and like my little nagging problem was perfectly solved. It just like my headphones fit there. The way I put it all the way on the end of the desk so that the cord is out of the way. And I just feel like an airplane pilot Mm -hmm. in my top Mm -hmm. efficiency and just sort of mastery. when I'm like picking the headphones off the hook instead of like scrambling around on my dusty, dirty floor. I'm just putting them on my head. Fantastic. (laughs) Oh, it's so satisfying. It was. 
I just, it was one of these things where I really didn't think anybody else would have this issue. I just hadn't thought that it could be widespread enough that there was actually a product to deal with it. But usually if it's a problem for you, it's a problem for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So identify the problem. I will put a link in the show notes if you want to see what it is that I bought. It is called the Desk Headphone Hanger by Yamazaki. And I will give you the link if you also are being mildly annoyed by your headphones. Okay, Gretchen, now it is time for our four tendencies tip. Yes, and this is going to be a discussion inspired by Jamie, who's in Melbourne, Australia, who is an upholder like me. She writes, I'm an upholder like Gretchen and really struggle when I do something wrong. I do my best to do the right thing, but sometimes I make a mistake. For example, my boss at work gave me some information, which I then shared with other colleagues. Later, my boss very nicely pulled me aside to say that she hadn't wanted the information shared and that she should have told me explicitly. Even this type of small slip causes me great anxiety and feelings of guilt. It can take me days to get over small mistakes, and big mistakes are a lot worse. I'm usually stoked to be an upholder, but this is a major happiness stumbling block. Do you have any ideas for how to deal with this? Well, it's interesting because I I feel like upholders need the least advice or tips in general uh, because they meet outer and inner expectations. So I find it very interesting that Jamie um, has a problem. Well, you know, and this is really an interesting thing because on the one hand, I completely identify with it. And I and when I think about the upholders that I know and the characteristics of an upholder, it is like they really, really, really want to meet those inner and outer expectations. And so they feel that desire to execute or to, to not make a mistake. But it's also true, though, that I think part of this comes from anxiety. Like, are you a very anxious person? Mm. So I think that's an example of how your tendency takes its flavor from all the other aspects of your personality. So you could have a very anxious upholder and an, and an upholder who's less anxious or very not, not very anxious. Or you can have an upholder who's very, very ambitious and wants to do a ton. And you can have an upholder who really doesn't want to do that much. Right. So part of it, I think, is just do you just generally feel anxious? But then is there something specific to the upholder where you can really use the aspects of the upholder tendency to address this? And so what should she do? Well, I think for as an upholder, it's really helpful to try to, I mean, and this is the kind of thing that I do because I absolutely 100% identify with what Jamie's saying. Like just feeling like you can't get over feeling bad about something that you did, even if you know intellectually it's not such a big deal. So one of the things I do is I always get a good night's sleep. And if I'm feeling bad, I will really try to go to sleep like the minute I think I can possibly go to sleep Mm. because I really truly do feel better in the morning. That probably yeah. works for everybody. I don't think that's an upholder thing. I just think you do feel better. You know, everything looks brighter in the morning. And, you know, this is something that Jamie said. Your Jamie. My Jamie. Oh, yeah, this is confusing too, Jamie. So my Jamie said something that was so powerful to me that I remember all the time. So we had a friend who probably, as I think about it, is probably an upholder himself. So he did something with like a bunch of people with an email, did the classic reply all instead of just reply to a few people and, you know, never do that. Yeah, that's the bad thing. We, You know, and so he emailed Jamie and me to say, like, this happened. I'm, I apologize. And I was getting ready to, to write something, you know, to try to make him feel better. And Jamie, without any punctuation, just replies, we've all done it. Mm-hmm. And that yes. was to me, this is what I say. We've all done it. You know what this Jamie in Melbourne did? We've all done it. And that's comforting to me because it's like you can't be perfect. You can't make no mistakes. And the fact is we all do it. So somehow that phrase for me 
is just reassuring. So I think a good night's sleep and remembering like no one is perfect and you just have to get through it because it is that bad feeling. I, I know that feeling, but you just can't be perfect. The answer is not like, oh, just never experience that feeling because you will feel it because you will screw up. Yeah, I've been doing a uh, meditation, a guided meditation where in your mind you write things just exactly like this, you know, problems, worries, things you feel bad about on a mental balloon. And then you watch the balloon, you know, drift away, you know, into the sky. And I think um, that would be a good thing for Jamie to try too. just write, you know, shared information I shouldn't have on a mental balloon and imagine that balloon just drifting away. And, and maybe that'll help her let it go. That sounds like a great exercise. And another thing, um, a friend of mine who's an upholder, who's an, like an editor at a very major newspaper, was saying how she was saying exactly the same thing. I make a mistake. I can't get over it. Everybody's like, it happens. Don't worry about it. But I just can't get over it for like days. And I'm like, that's probably why you're really good at your job. Yeah. You know, because you true. just you take it so hard that you really yeah. are going to go to every length you can not to allow those mistakes to be made. And so, yeah, it's a drag. But on the other hand... It's, it might be one of your core strengths. That is a good point. So it's sort of the price you pay for something that really is a benefit or is a virtue that you possess. So thank you, Jamie, for that. Yeah. I love hearing from fellow upholders. If you don't know what you are, if you have no idea what we're talking about, by the way, uh, you can take the Four Tendencies quiz at happiercast.com slash quiz, and I'll put a link to it um, in the show notes. This is all about my book, The Four Tendencies there aren't that many upholders. So I like I like hearing from a fellow upholder. Yes. And Jamie, we forgive you. Yes. So you know. It happens. We've all done it. It happens. <laughs> Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter sandwich <laughs> is my ideal lunch. But I'm very aware of my carb intake. So oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. All right, Gretchen, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a happiness demerit. Well, my demerit is very much along the lines of what our listener Jamie was saying in her email. So I am an upholder, so I do not like to make mistakes, or I'm an upholder and I don't like to make mistakes. <laughs> and I'm out there talking about the four tendencies all the time. And something that is extremely predictable, and I knew in advance would happen, is that journalists, particularly television for some reason, want lists of celebrities who show the tendencies. They want to do one of those things where it's like, who's a Virgo? And then it's like all these famous people's faces pop up. Right. They asked me this, and it makes me really defensive because this is really mm. hard to do. I have very specific definitions of the four tendencies, and you can't look at what someone does. You have to know why they're doing it. So you have to have deep, deep insight into their thinking, which means you really need something like a memoir or like mm. three biographies where people mm -hmm. close to them are quoted at length or they're quoted. 
But it's a natural thing that they would ask. And I have really been quite snippy with a couple of these people. <laughs> there was one person in particular who was like, well, you know, can you give me a famous rebel? And I was like, well, Picasso. And she was like, well, could you give me somebody a little bit more Hollywood? And I was like, I don't know. And she goes, well, could you get back to me tomorrow? And I was really like, I can't just go to the library and look this up. I made this up. Like, you can't right. Google it. You know what I mean? And and, and I, I was sort of, because part of it was defensive because I don't have the answer and I always want to have the answer. But she's just doing her job. I knew that they would do this. I've been trying to get these celebrity people. It's just hard. Right. Because you're also not someone who's just going to guess. You want to no. be sure. If you're saying, I think so-and-so is yes. a questioner, you want to be sure you're right. Right. And sometimes there's people who, you know, it really is hard to tell. But like, and I don't know celebrity stuff that well, but like you said to me, I think Taylor Swift is an upholder. So then I went and did all this research on Taylor Swift. I completely agree. I think Taylor Swift is an upholder. That seems clear to me. But like if somebody says, oh, Madonna is a rebel, I don't actually know. I know what she does, but they all have such managed personalities. You can't trust what they do. You could have an upholder who's like carefully plotted out every outrageous thing that they're going to do for next year. You know, it's right. So anyway, so it's a hard question to ask. It frustrates me. It makes me feel like I'm letting them down. It makes me feel like I'm not Mm -hmm. like truly knowledgeable in my own expertise. And it also makes me feel like I should do a ton of research just kind of blindly like, oh, I need to go look up Amelia Earhart. Maybe she's a rebel. You know what I mean? Right. But the demerit is that I did not behave myself well. I didn't. I didn't answer. The snippy part. The snippy part. Yes. Well, all I can say, why don't you prepare yourself in advance, remind yourself, okay, let me remember not to be snippy when they ask about celebrities. Yes. Yes. But I would also like to have more celebrities to suggest. So, hey, anybody out there, if you have a great suggestion for somebody that I should research, but like a Hollywood person, because people will sometimes suggest like obscure figures from history. I'm like, I need somebody like right. on the order of Taylor Swift or like Andre right. Agassi is an obliger. He's because he wrote a whole memoir. Somebody like that is the kind of person that I need. If you have any suggestions, please tell me because I will go run into the library. I will research them. I would love <laughs> to plug in more celebrities. Anyway, that is my demerit. Take us up. Elizabeth, what is your gold star? Well, Gretch, I'm giving you my gold star. <laughs> I need it. Yes. What is it? So you got a demerit, but now here's a gold star. Um, I'm giving you a gold star for dealing so well with taking your daughter, Eliza, to college. Not just taking her, but, you know, the whole transition. I mean, we've been building up to this for probably four years, I would say. Um, And then the last three months have just been, you know... A crazy buildup for college, but you guys, I really should give it to the whole family. You guys got her there, all of her stuff. You got her moved in. She's happy. You're dealing with it emotionally well. I think you're excited for her, excited about the next phase without feeling like too sad about the fact that she's not in the house. Yeah. Well, one listener, when we were talking about this, wrote in and said, it's an end, but it's also a beginning, and you should be excited for this beginning. And that's really helped me think about, like, let's be excited for her. And also, several listeners had written in saying how, like, the fact that their family was upset really made it much harder for them to make the transition, because mm. they were very preoccupied with that. So I was like, we can't even ingest, you right. know. And, but I think it really, and Eliza doesn't like that either. She doesn't like people being nostalgic or focusing on the bittersweet aspect of it. Right. But well, thank you for that gold star. It is continues to be a major family transition. It's a big milestone in our family life. And we're all, including Barnaby, dealing with it. But it's good. 
It's good. Yeah. And now Eleanor will know what it's like. I mean, she'll go through what I went through when you left for college. I ended up in the house alone for, you know, five years when you went to college and and it was absolutely fine. Yeah. And it'll be fine for Eleanor. No, too. no, that that was very comforting for me to realize. When I was like, what was it like? You're like, I don't remember. I'm like, well, then it can't yeah. have been very traumatic. <laughs> yeah. So good job, Rubens. Yes. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Try this at home. Plan a virtual move 2.0 version. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers of Panoply. And thank you to Amber Shares for calling in. We love getting to say hi to Anne. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. As always, you know what I'm going to say. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us and rate and review us. It really helps the show. This week, the resources I want to remind you about. First, if you would like to get a free personalized book plate or signature card, or if you want some for like your book group or your work group, for your copies of my books, my ebooks or audiobooks, I will put a link to that in the show notes, happiercast.com slash 136. Unfortunately, I really can only do this for US and Canada because of mailing costs. This is an actual physical thing that I'm going to mail to you. And so I, I really, I just can't uh, be mailing it all over the world. I'm sorry about that. But I will put the link if you're in US and Canada and you'd like um, some free personalized book plates. And I also wanted to remind you that I have my newsletter, which comes out every couple of weeks. I put in links for things that I think are particularly interesting, or I put in little bonuses, updates, things like that. It's fun. And again, I'll put a, a link to that in the show notes and in the resources for this episode. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.